Well, as uh, Pastor Mark said, we are going to take a little bit of a detour after Easter um, and come off of the exact passages to one another's. But until then, we are going to stick with uh, some passages that deal with the term either each other or one another, depending on which version you're reading. And so today, we are in Ephesians chapter 4 using our, our memory verse as our key passage. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to chapter 3 for context. I tell you often that uh, context is, is hugely important to what we're doing uh, as we read through the Word of God, as we study the Word of God, as we, as we um, access God's Word to see what it has to say to us. You have to keep the context. And if you don't use the context, you have to understand why you're making the application of that particular verse in that, that way. Because you and I can take verses and just make them say anything we want them to say in Scripture. We can make it sound um, pleasing to what we want to hear. That God is somehow working in our behalf regardless of what we're doing. Um, and, and there's so many things we can do that. So in keeping the context of this memory verse that we're memorizing of being humble and being gentle and being patient and accepting or in love, loving one another, keeping that in context, let's look back at chapter number three. And, and much of what Paul is talking to in chapter number three is... Um, his work with Gentile people. You got to understand the, the framework of what's happening in that world, and even still today, you know that Jews and Gentiles don't necessarily get along in that region. The, the Gentile people and the Jewish people, there's conflict all the time, and that goes back to the beginning of their, their um, groups of peoples all the way back to, to when... Abraham uh, and his descendants and how they disobeyed God and how the conflict came about. And so Paul's talking about uh, non-Jewish people and his work with them. And then in verse number 14, he talks, he said, because of my work for these believers uh, or to, the, to this group of people that, that it doesn't match up with the Old Testament. And, you know, Paul was right outside of the Old Testament time. So he, he bows his, hair, his, his knee to the Father and he prays. And he prays for God to move in a mighty way. And when he gets down to verse 20, that's where I want us to read at. Verse number 20 of Ephesians chapter 3 says, With God's power working in us, he can do much, much more than anything we ask or think of. God can do beyond anything we can imagine. Now he's applying that to what he's been talking about, God working in the Gentile people. But he says, I want you to know God can do more than you can think or ask. And in verse 21 it says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever. Amen. Chapter 1, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1 says, So, what do we know when we see that word? Therefore, 
because of what I just said, tie this in. So, as a prisoner of the Lord, I beg you to live the way God's people should live. Because he chose you to be his. Always be humble. Always be gentle. Always be patient. Accepting one another in love. Why are we to be this kind of person? Why is this to be the, the lifestyle that we're living? Why? Because he chose you to be his. You've got to get that in your context this morning. You've got to grab that today. You're doing this not because it's easy, not because it's fun, not because it makes life better. Although it can be easy, it certainly can be fun, and it definitely makes life better when we deal with people these ways. But you're doing it because God's called you to. He chose you to be His. You understand, these instructions are not for those that are lost. He's not telling the lost world out there, hey, you guys, be, be patient with one another. You guys out there, be gentle. Y'all need to just kind of bring it in, bring it humble. He's not telling them. He's telling us that these are to be the characteristics of our life. He goes on to say in verse 3, You're joined together with peace through the Spirit. Do all you can to continue as you are, letting peace hold you together. There's one body, one spirit. God chose you to have one hope. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one God and Father of us all who rules over everyone. He works through all of us and in all of us. The only motivation that is ever going to move you and I to live as we should is to recognize that he's God and he chose you. Amen. That's the only thing that's ever going to move you. I want to, I want to tell you, I want to declare to you every other reason that you can ever have to try your very best within your human resources to surrender to God and live for God and walk with God and honor God can be trumped by something greater that's pulled within your sinful nature. Haven't you felt that? Haven't there been times in your life, I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to love you, God. I'm going to do what's right. And something come along and just pull you right off of that. But let me tell you what, what won't pull you off. When you, when you say every day, in every moment of the day, God, you, you chose me. You called me. You love me. You reign in me. You are my Lord. You are my master. You're the one who dictates to me how I'm to behave. Knowing that he's a good master. That he's a caring master. That he's a gentle master. That he's a master nonetheless. When that becomes your focus every day, you can't get pulled off of that by your sin nature. Because the Holy Spirit is working in you. 
So how does he call us to live? Somebody want to read for me the first word of verse number two? It says with. What says what? With. With. Maybe it's the first couple words in your translation. With all humility. Okay. All right. Anybody? Oh, Mark. Always. Okay. Always. With being through this. Always. Don't you love, love those words? You ever been in an argument with your spouse? With your kids? You're always mean to me. You always make me do this. You never. Those, those words when you're having a human conversation are always triggers. You, you can count on there's something amiss when somebody in a human context says always and never. Because it's never always. Is it? I mean, we're, we're too inconsistent. Pushed by the waves that come at us for it to be always. And yet, God is calling us by the power of His Holy Spirit. Remember, with God's power working in us, verse 20 of chapter 3, He can do much, much more than anything you can ask or think of. So always, always, always be humble. I love the, the again the, the order in which God put this to and I don't know you know I may be way off base in what I'm thinking here um, today would be the first time probably won't be the last but but there just seems to be a symmetry to the order here for me always be humble humility's got to come first that's an inward action. It's about you and him. It's not about you and us. That, that comes from, again, recognizing who God is and who you are. Recognizing that he called you to himself. That he in grace gave you salvation. That he sustained you. That he is God the creator and you are the creation. That song we sang a little while ago. That, that the creator... Die for the creature's sin. What a, I mean, dwell on that a minute. That'll cause you to be humble. That'll cause you to be humble. Psalm 18.27 says, You help, and he's, this is speaking of God, the psalmist said, You help those who are humble, but you humiliate the proud. God will stand with those that are humble. But he will break down those that aren't. I, listen, I can attest to that. There have been days and times in my life humility was not something that ran deep in my veins. They may still be true of me today in a lot of ways. But I try much harder today to recognize who God is in my life and who I am in this old context of things. 
I can tell you, there have been times in my life where God just cut my feet out from under me. He said, I'm not going to let you keep living that way. Keep talking that way. Keep acting that way. Keep acting as if, as if you're God. And here's how he does it. I love this. Just a few Psalms later. Psalm 25, 9 says, He teaches His ways to humble people. God, God is helping you and I by teaching us how to live. Do you know everything you need to know about how to walk with God? I don't. I, I get up every day and there's a different struggle, a new, a new thing. If I'm really, re, I'm talking about really walking close with God, when it's just that real intimate time, boy, it seems like in the middle of those, He shows me so many more things. He just teaches me how little I do know. You know, it's when I'm kind of aloof and back. That's when I think I kind of learned it. Got it going on. You know? But when I'm close, he shows me things. The Bible says he'll teach his ways to humble people. He leads them with fairness. Aren't you glad, glad that God is fair with us? He's gracious with us. He doesn't give us everything we deserve. I love the way that, that Paul talked about it. Um, into the Corinthians. Um, he, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 12, he says, The things that happened to those people, he's talking about the Old Testament. He was giving some Old Testament examples. And he said, The things that happened to those people are examples. They were written to be a warning for us. We live in the time that all these past histories are pointing to. When he was walking in those days, he was saying, what happened in Abraham's day? And what happened in, in Job's day? And what happened in Isaiah's day? All those things were written so that we can look at that and say, oh, that's how I'm supposed to behave. We stand here today being able to look back at even Paul and say, oh, oh, that's what Paul meant about this. This is how we can live. This is how we're supposed to do. Why? So anyone who thinks they're standing strong should be careful that they don't fall. Don't we get arrogant? Man, I got this. I'm going to be okay. I figured this one out. This thing's not going to trip me up anymore. I can't tell you how many times when we were doing CR here, we would talk to people. And man, they would they would come in. I got a handle on it now. It's never going to get me again. And that's always the time we look at each other and go, "Okay, well that one's getting ready to fall." It's it's the person that came in and said, "I'm okay today," and I ain't so sure about tomorrow. That's the person you could say, "Hey, they're starting to grasp it," because none of us have got a handle on all of it. And so it ought to make us humble. And here's, here's what he, he's talking about dealing with each other, right? So here's the thing. Why does that matter? Because if, if not, I get tend to get a little up about how you're behaving. You know, I just don't really understand why Miss Barbara thinks the way she thinks about these things. Because, you know, I don't really think that way. And God's shown me, and I've got this now. 
Well, I may think differently about Barbara. I may even be wiser than Barbara. I may even have that thing she's struggling with in my grasp. But I didn't get it on my own. I got it because of God. And there may be ten other things in my life that she's got a grasp on that I ain't got a clue about. We, we, we tend to begin to treat each other like, if you just follow after me, you'll be alright. If you just do it my way, you'll have it down pat. And that's a dangerous place to be. And I know Paul said, follow me. Do what I do. And you'll be good. And I've told y'all, that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever seen written and to try to repeat. Because I, I would be fearful of saying, hey, y'all just follow and do everything I do. Because I don't do everything right. I struggle with some stuff. Now, I would hope I could say follow me in most things. Do what I do on most things. But, you know, the reality is I may mess up. Be humble. Be gentle. Always be gentle. Man, I got that one down, Pat. Don't I? All oh, y'all know me so well. I'm the easiest person to get along with. I never cause any problems. I'm so kind to y'all. I would say yeah, but I don't want to lie to you. Well, thank you. Because you're the example I needed. Come on up, Zach. I need your help. Come on up here, man. No, come on. I need your help. Um, what do we got here? Chicken eggs. Get on. Bok, bok. Chicken eggs. Eggs? They all look. Any, any of them look different to you? You see anything that's different? Yeah, look, looks a little lighter. Yeah. That's because it's a little smaller. It rocks around back there. Other than that, they look the same? Well, it's, it's, it's just you know, frosted out a little bit there. Yeah. So, but other than that, I mean, they all look like they're eggs, right? They all got a little water on them. They came out of the fridge. No, no. They look, they look the same. They're nothing painted. They're no. Can you tell any difference in those eggs? Grab one and squeeze it. Now, what do you think is going to happen when you squeeze it? Is it? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> grab, grab one. You, you're willing to wipe your hand and get it over there in case it does. Oh, that one busted all the pieces, didn't it? And then, it's kind of nasty. That's an egg. Huh? It's an egg. You want to try another one? Try another one. Yeah, do you? <laughs> you you're, you're running all my eggs. They're my breakfast for tomorrow. You told me to do it. What? You're not being very gentle with those eggs. <laughs> Try me one more. Ah, 
a little harder, but you still matched him, didn't you? Let's kill them all. Let's get them all. Oh, man. oh, wait a minute. That one was different, wasn't it? That one didn't bust up. That, that one held its shape. You couldn't tell the difference from those, could you? You didn't know which one was boiled and which one wasn't. Why? Because they all looked the same, but they weren't the same. Sam, how you doing today? Bless my body <laughs> A little hard around the edge. But some days, blessed and highly favored and real hard around the edge. <laughs> Pride. Can you? There, there you go. <laughs> Can you, by looking at the people sitting in this room today, tell how hard their shell is? You're joking. I am. No, actually, Zach was. You, you and I cannot look at a single person we deal with and know where they are. Have they got that hardness of heart that we talked about early? Maybe they're, maybe they're born again, but the man, they just, they got crusty and, and hard. They got hard bold. You got you can beat them, but all you're going to do is just break the stuff up around them. Or maybe they're like that egg that he grabbed a minute ago that was just thin skin. Maybe he just pushed it like that. Where'd it go? Went everywhere. How many people have you and I grabbed and crushed them? Because we couldn't see. And we weren't gentle in the way we behaved. I love Paul's illustrations to the Corinthian church. Now the Corinthian church, if you know the Corinthian church, you know that Corinthian church was, as, as the scripture said, they were carnal, they were worldly. They weren't following God. They were doing things that were horrible. And yet they were the church. They were believers. And Paul said often of them, like a mama, I want to take you up and caress you. Now I want to say, like a mama, I want to take you up and caress you. <laughs> Like a father, I care for you. In fact, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, our feelings of love for you have not stopped. They got a little hard and bull. It's you who've stopped your feelings of love for us. I speak to you as if I, you were my children. Do the same as we've done and open your hearts also. I mean, those people were ungodly. There was, there was some stuff going on in the church. In fact, he, the way Paul said, there's stuff going on in your church that ain't going on out in the world. Y'all need to knock that off. What he said, I love you. I love you. Now, he also said a time or two, I love you enough that I'm going to come tell you about yourself. But I love you. Be gentle. Listen, you never know what somebody's going through. You never know where somebody is in their walk. 
You never know what hardship they're carrying, what burden they're carrying. By just walking up and looking at them. Or talking face to face even so many times. Because here's what we do. I'm blessed and highly favored. I promise you there are days that Sam is blessed and highly favored. That's a true statement. But he's hurting. We can crush somebody that seems tough because we're not walking the way God's called us to walk. Sam's going to clean up the mess on the floor. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. That's all right. Always be humble. Always be gentle. Always be patient. Why be patient? Because God's patient. Amen. That's the exact reason, Jenny. Because God is patient with you. Romans 2 4 says, God has been kind to you. He has been very patient, waiting for you to change. Could God make us change? Could God force us no. to change today? Could he thump you in the head and say, you will do what I want? He could. He doesn't. He will. He could. He could, but he doesn't. Why do we think then we should walk around thumping people on the head and tell them they got to do it our way? Be patient. Romans 15. Verse 1 says, some of us have no problem with these things. So we should be patient with those who are not as strong and have doubts. He's, what he's talking about in Romans 14, he's talking about the people that ate meat that was offered to idols in that culture. If you were poor, you had to buy meat that maybe had been used at a temple, offered to some pagan worship. But, but in the in the Jewish culture, to eat that was to defile you. Paul said in, in, the, in the culture of the church, it's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth because it comes from the heart. But the church was struggling with that. How we live. Because they had this old stuff poured into them. And so he was saying, hey look, some of us, some of us have got no problem with these things, so we should be patient with those who are not as strong and have doubts. We should, now here, I love this. We should not do what pleases us, but do what pleases them and is for their good. Don't do what makes you happy. And don't just do what makes them happy. Do what is for their good. I'm, I'm glad he didn't just say, do what makes them happy. Because that'd be a mess, wouldn't it? But do what is for their good. We should do whatever, and he defines this, whatever helps everyone grow stronger in faith. Even Christ didn't live trying to please himself. He did what the Father said. So we should be humble, recognizing who we are and who God is. We should be gentle, recognize that we can't see into the heart of the person we're dealing with. 
We should be patient. Just like God waiting for people to change. And then he said, accept each other with love. Why? Why? Why do I have to accept you? I don't like the way you're living. You're not doing it right. You may actually not be doing it right. You understand that, that in this context, these people, he didn't say if they're living right, if they're living biblically, if they're sinlessly walking through, or if they're really making an effort at it, accept them. Now the rest of them, we ain't got to. That's not what he said. He said, accept each other. Each other. The implication is those that are born again, this is not accept the world and their behavior, but i got to accept Sam. Sam's got to accept Steve. And that ain't been easy, has it? Always. Yeah, I love you too. It's not easy, is it? We're different. And yet, We've been called by one God. Remember the passage that you went on. There's one body, one spirit. God chose you to have one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. There's only one. There's one God and Father of us all. Verse 6 says that he rules over everyone. So he rules over Sam, and he rules over Mark, and he rules over Zach, and he rules over Steve. And whether we're all alike, or on the same page, or doing it all the same way, God's directing Sam. He'll take care of Sam if Sam's off base. Now, if I see something in Sam's life that is clearly different than Scripture, I'm not to ignore it. But I'm going to handle it the way God said handle it. Not the way I think it ought to be handled. Because that's love and sin. i got to be, how, how do I have to handle that? Well, i got to be humble so that I don't think i got this all figured out and end up messing up myself. i got to be gentle because Sam may not want to hear what i got to say. got to be patient because it's not my job to make Sam change. And i got to accept Sam the same way that God accepts me. If I've ever seen an example of the discipleship process, that's it. Be humble. That's an internal thing. You've got to prepare yourself to be a disciple. Now, prepare yourself is not the right word. God's preparing. But, but it's internal. It's not external. It's not about anybody else got to be gentle. You begin to invest. Begin to see. You know, uh, I, there's things that Sam and I can say to each other today, years into this relationship, that we probably couldn't say to each other two or three years ago. Because we, we, we didn't know each other as well. We were just beginning to invest in one another. Walk together. You know, there's probably things I can say to to Mark that I can't say to James yet. Just because I don't know James as well yet. We've not had that time. 
So, so there's this gentleness as we're learning. Be patient. That this is that that now you're discipling. You're walking together. Just be patient. Let God do the work. You just keep on the walk. You stay side by side. Accepting one another. That's disciple. You think Matthew and, and Peter were alike? Not even close. One was a tax collector one was a fisherman. As a matter of fact, I, I suspect Peter couldn't stand Matthew to begin with. He was the guy who had been robbing him. And I'm pretty sure Matthew probably didn't think much of Peter. He's a fisherman. Commoner. Side by side. Doing the ministry, walking with Jesus. Different men, different backgrounds. Why? Because they've been called by the same master. They've been called Verse 21 of chapter 3 tells us why we do this. Because to him be glory. Where? Where? In the church. In the body. To him be the reflection of his name, of his character, of his majesty, of his worth in the church. You know why so much of the world looks at the church? And hates God because they don't see much character of God in the church, in you and I. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever. Amen. That's why we should be humble and be gentle and be patient. And accept one another. Now here's the thing. It's pretty easy to accept each other. Because we kind of learn to like each other. We, we weeded out, lack of a better term, those that didn't like us that much, they went somewhere else. And like the way we did it, they left. They still in the body. If they're still in the body, we need to be humble. We need to be gentle. We need to be patient. They're not our enemies. They're the church. And if we're going to reflect the character and nature of the one who is over and in and through the church, because the Bible says clearly that he rules over everyone and he works through all of us and in all of us. Even those that don't want to be in us. If they're in the body, he's working in them. And I'm going to tell you, that's hard for me. Because when someone leaves here, it feels like they've rejected me. Maybe they have. I need to get over myself and be humble. And be gentle. And be patient. Because God's working in them just like He's working in me. Not easy to do. But 
what we've been called to do if we're going to surrender to the one who is the master of our souls. Father, thank you. Thank you for a bunch of cracked eggs. Thank you that you know how to squeeze us in just such a way. You know how to put the right pressure to speak into our lives. You know how to firm us and use us. Lord, I pray that you would make your body in this place to reflect your character. And may you receive glory and honor in the church of Jesus Christ at Fresh Start Fellowship. I pray these things in Jesus' name.